The Youthscape Podcast. Hi everybody and welcome to the Youthscape Podcast. Normally, normally lovely listeners, we're recording this in the morning. Today, we're recording this in the afternoon and I'm Rachel Gardner and sat next to me is Martin Saunders. She speaks for me. I do speak for him. But I, I want to start, Martin, by saying, are you radically different in the afternoon to how you are in the morning? Because I think I'm massively different. I just hit a lull. Do you? Yeah. Are you a morning person? I am absolutely a morning person. Yeah, so I think everybody is one or the other, actually. Or, or actually, there's another one. Is, so that, is, that, actually, another is that another one of your kind of like... Picking something out of the air. One of like. my unresearched theories. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, yeah, so so I think you're either a first thing in the morning person. You get up early yeah. and you find... You actually, if you day. do work yeah. at that time of the day or stuff at that day, you are flying through it. Or you're someone who is terrible first thing in the morning and then you warm up, usually yeah. with the addition of stimulants through the day and eventually by the evening you're sort of confident really and you can it. do stuff. But I think there's a third category. Ooh! Yeah. Which not is, binary. Which is interesting. Um, which is that you are kind of a start and end of the day person, but dip badly in the middle. Yeah, I, actually, I think I might be that. So I think about when I'm most productive. It's first thing in the morning, and it is last thing in the evening once my little girl's in bed. I get loads of work done then. But mm. afternoon, forget it. I'm just all over the shop. So welcome to the podcast, people. And it's coming to you in the afternoon. In the Almost every so, one of these theories is, end badly for, the, for it us. It does. Except we've got two guests sat with us who we're going to introduce in a minute, tantalising, spoiler alert, they're gorgeous. Um, but one thing I wanted to say is because I am a morning person, when we do youth residentials, I am the person that's in there like at seven in the morning, morning, time to get up. And I get everything thrown at me, including bunk beds get thrown at me to shut me up because I'm just that youth worker that annoys me. Yeah, I've seen you first thing in the morning. Let me qualify that. Uh, on, on retreat yes, thank you with the rest of the yeah, team. Absolutely, with accountability partners uh, in the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I, you you are quite a force of nature. I first am, thing, first thing in the morning. But also last thing at night. Yeah. So it's just I something, maybe it's tiredness. When <laughs> tiredness hits and affects you, you react radically. Yeah, so does good youth work happen in the afternoon? That's what I want to know. What, when did you, was Jesus a morning person? Oh. Or a, a evening person? Or a middle of the day lull person? Oh, that is so deep. These are the big questions. These are the big questions of life. But let us introduce our wonderful guests who are so beautifully, like they're trying not to make any noise. Because we've said to them like, don't laugh, don't do anything, just sit there in silence. So shall we introduce our guests before they explode? Do you want to introduce them, Martin? Do you not know their names? <laughs> of course I do. It's Brenda and Tom. No, it's Matt and Becky from Hi. Youthscape Local Hi. Team. Woo, 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 woo. This is amazing. <laughs> it's so good to finally actually be in front of you guys and watching you guys do it. I've heard you guys sort of go off and record this thing. And it's just, <laughs> we sort of link away, yeah, don't we? It's great we to hide. Be in front of you guys. It's amazing. But I hear, Matt, that you actually do listen sometimes to these podcasts. I actually do, yeah. Because I do. On I'm a not just saying that, I do. Actually. Yeah, on a Monday morning, I'm like saying to team, team, are you listening to the podcast? <laughs> and they all like look in different directions. <laughs> like, ooh, that's a bit awkward. But Rachel like, listens. I listen, avidly. Yeah. Becky anyway, doesn't. But... Becky! <laughs> we need to get you listening to the podcast. Well, you will now because you're on it. So welcome, Becky. Welcome, Thank Matt. You. Thank you. And people might recognise your voice, Matt, if they've been long-time maybe, listeners. Maybe. Because you tell us why. Why might they know your nut voice? Well, I was the voice of the one of the games um, that you guys did. The word. What did you call yeah. it? Yeah. I word. don't think it ever had a name. Word, word, the word word. game. The, the word, word challenge, maybe. The word challenge. It proved that me and Martin know nothing about anything. That yeah. was the game. <laughs> so you would say a word like crepes. 
That's right. <laughs> and I remember that one. And you would have to guess what it, guess what it was. Fresh oh, and nice. it's pancakes. No, it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's shoes. Big yeah. trainers. 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 Fresh crepes. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Brilliant. Well, we have just grabbed you because sometimes we plan in long time in advance for our guests. Other times we're little opportunists and we see the most wonderful people walk through our building and we say, wait a minute, stop the press. We need them on the podcast. So we've literally grabbed both of you up here. So you are on our local youth work team. You work with young people in Luton schools, yeah. in our drop-in programme. You've both been doing this for a few years now, so you know yeah. the young people in this setting really, really well. Becky, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do? Yes, so I have just come back from maternity leave. Yay! Yeah, so I'm doing just one day a week, but I am working with Compass. Um, yeah, so just doing one day on Compass. And what's Compass? So Compass is a programme that runs for seven weeks a term and it focuses on working with young people that are not in employment, education or training. And yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, Wonderful. That's fun day day. And they come from schools and they come and access our building here and you guys do a programme with them for seven weeks. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So we Wonderful. kind of, Matt can say more on that because he knows more of the details. But You are Mr. Neat, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am Mr. Neat Intervention. That's yeah, what yeah. they call you. So uh, so what does that what does that actually mean? What's what what is Neat Intervention? So it's kind of, so um, I'm neat and also I work with neat young people but also Ronnie's so risk of becoming neat <laughs> right. <laughs> risk of becoming not in education employment or training um, and that's mainly the, our compass young people are the kind of young people who, are, who just don't really get on with school very well like whether it's arguing with teachers getting excluded um, some of them will, will still be in school uh, maybe on like a shorter timetable or they're in um, a PIU a pupil referral unit and Mm. Um, doing again like like two or three days a week so then the, the schools or the PIU refer them to the campus course and mm. they join us for seven weeks and the idea is we get them to refocus them and mm. um, yeah try and build up their aspirations and, and just try and build them up as a person mm. and what's the what's the scale of uh, neat, neat Ronnie sounds like a sort of a great. East End gangster from a Guy Ritchie film or something yeah. Neat Ronnie um, what, but what's the scale in terms of an average? I mean, there is no average class of, mm. of children, young people rather. Um, but but are we talking about sort of one in every class who might fall into that category, or or actually is it a much bigger scale than that? I mean, it. I think it's it's hard to say. I don't want to say. I mean, I'm going to speak from experience, but like in the schools that I've worked with and the schools that we do work with, it's mm. probably like one to three. I think in in every class of a class of like. 25 to 30 students I, I reckon I'd say I'm really struggling to engage and yeah, needing yeah. more than what the school can provide yeah. Yeah. yeah and do you see that quite early on in their development so do you pick that up at year 7 or does it start to present itself kind of because obviously they can't be in employment or, or training at yeah. exactly. 12 so when do you start to pick up that a young person might be in risk of, at risk of going in that direction yeah so I think I think usually schools will sort of like notice something um year eight so yeah. so compass is for year nine students the idea is that um uh it's before gcse like gcse's start where you cannot you cannot take a young person out of school yeah. for a whole day because yeah. you know gcse stuff um but also that's it's sort of like the i guess it, that's the sort of age where where um where young people really start to like push the boundaries and really start like testing more and more 
Yeah, because so. yeah, they come in in year seven and this is just from hearing them talk about it and their mm. behaviour and where it might have kind of got worse. They say, in year seven we came in and we were fine, you know, and then it all suddenly yeah. went a bit downhill. Mm. Um, so mm. I think, yeah, definitely it's more around the year eight, year nine. Yeah. And what are some of the influences that come in at that point, do you think? What do you think are the triggers that send young, young people kind of off course at school? What, what would they typically tend to be? I th- well, a lot of the time we hear, like, um, they'll say it's... So they're finding class difficult or they're struggling to concentrate. And that might be as a result of things going on at home. Often it is, often when you get mm. down to the root of it it is because of things going on at home but it's also them being wound up by people in class them being bullied or them just kind of yeah being distracted not being able to focus because the thing they're learning or the things that they're supposed to be doing just don't interest them Mm. Um, and then yeah I think they as it's like a reaction to that then I think it's just young people trying to work Mm. work things out as well like yeah like like, like I said just like pushing it like testing like pushing the boundaries and like how much can I can I get away with like before like yeah. yeah, I suppose it's, it's interesting listening to young people as well. Sort of, you're saying sort of reflect on it because mm-hmm. often I think as well within a school, even in, in schools where they really don't want to kind of label young people. Mm-hmm. And I think schools yeah. are getting so much yeah. better at that at supporting oh, yeah. a person. The moment a young person in year seven and eight is beginning to get a bit of reputation, mm-hmm. can be really hard for them throughout the rest of their school life to actually change and break mm. free and, and, and it can yeah. be very difficult for the staff as well not to other teachers because I think teachers do an incredible job with huge numbers of kids yeah. Yeah. but once you've got a young person who tends to operate in a certain way it can be quite challenging mm. for that teacher to see them to give them the benefit of the doubt can't it mm. so I suppose that's where outside agencies coming in are just so brilliant because yeah. when I hear Matt and Becky and others of our team talk about these young mm. people. Yeah, you know they're challenging. Yeah, like they drive you up the wall, yeah. but you love them. Like whenever I hear you guys talk about them, yeah. you're like, whoa, I'll do anything for them. And I really believe in them. And that must be so refreshing for a young person who's kind of experiencing a little bit of a track. They've got them still stuck yeah. in at school. Yeah. Do, you, do you see, what sort of impact do you see? I mean, definitely like young people. A lot of the time, so I'm just speaking from having listened to young people and what they say. That's brilliant, Because um, we do one week, we focus on reputation, um, and often what they say is coming out of school is just like a breath of fresh air for them, and they love mm. it because we look at them in a new light with a new perspective, and we don't judge them kind yeah. of because we don't actually know. We try not to find out too much about their behaviour because we want to see them for who they are and not for their behaviour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that. Yeah, that's really helpful for them because they kind of feel able to just be themselves and often there's not really we don't have that many issues mm. with bad behavior even though you think these are some of kind of the people that have been struggling mm. with behavior in school you, you're quite surprised by just how engaged yeah, they really are. engaged yeah, yeah and really yeah. they enjoy it so much there was a hilarious um mm. so on, on a tuesday they come don't they for campus mm. and there's one tuesday where <clears throat> we've got a massive lift in our building here and me being the oldest an ugliest member of staff in the organisation <laughs> regularly uses the lift even to go listen down one floor I still use the lift so bad I just like it's fun and it's got a pink floor sure. um, and I was in calling it like where is the lift and like this little gang of your guys like we're going up and down the lift I like, was loving it and it was so funny and I was at the top and they were looking at me like I'm going to get into so much trouble but it was really fun I kind of thought actually it's, it was quite nice because they're being quite playful of the fact that they shouldn't really be doing this but actually all the adults around were being really boundaried and positive but they weren't getting a complete rollicking for it actually they were being encouraged like come on let's respect yeah. the space 
But they were so funny. <laughs> Your face is like, <laughs> is she like the headmistress? <laughs> it was great. But you guys do amazing work. And um, as well as the Compass Project, Matt, you've been getting involved with the Interrupt Programme, which is our kind of innovative, yeah. there we go, Martin, uh, pilot programme around working with young people at risk of um, criminal and sexual exploitation. Mm. Sorry, that was my phone dropping. Just dropped her phone. Just there. dropped my phone. Um, I need a lift again. Punctured the veneer of professionalism. <laughs> I was just texting my mum. So, and that's kind of a, a kind of a new direction of work for us as as youth. We yeah. have a drop in, and we work with any young people that come to our program. But we're sort of doing a bit more targeted work, aren't we, around yeah. young people picked up by the Guns and Gangs Unit, by Boson, by local police. So, yeah. How have you? I know it's early days, but how have you been finding that kind of work? What are the differences in terms? Um, you. Yeah, good. I mean, I, I mean, I've not done loads of it. I've not done loads of it before, like at all. So, um, but but with with some of the compass young people, there is a little bit of the sort of like yeah. gang involvement already. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 just it's a really interesting one, and I think it's just really quite difficult as well. Like, because a lot of a lot of like what a young person needs in when they're in that situation is really good positive role models. Yeah. Um, but also, as well as that, is to be like removed from that situation. Sometimes that can be just like the best thing is mm. to actually pull them out of that situation mm. and sort of like show them the show them the light, you know, mm. so to speak, or like give them a chance. Give, yeah. yeah, give them a chance. Yeah. yeah, I think just give them a, a break from that. Yeah, like just have that on pause for them, and then you know, yeah. do some real positive input, and then before like. Mm. And that's tough, isn't it? Because as youth workers, we we don't, that's not what we do. We don't say, actually, this young person needs to go here. I mean, we can around safeguarding, but actually, often we're working with young people in their context and we're sending them back into a situation where we think, actually, that's going to undermine everything we've just done in Mm -hmm. this programme. So, for us as Youthscape, how long are we working with a young person for? Is it just for the seven weeks course, Mm -hmm. the eight weeks course, or how do they connect into more stuff? so a lot of a lot of the campus a lot of the campus young people will will come along on the course for for the seven weeks and um, for the, so that's one day a week for seven weeks um, but then but the relationship sort of carries on whether that's through drop in or um, further mentoring so not not all of them but sort of like maybe like two thirds of them we will then carry on seeing that's in so drop good. in mm-hmm. um, at the after after school club or or there will just be sort of further mentoring so. It's, it's almost like the start um, we tend not to have seen that those young people before um, we don't really have a relationship through Youthscape with them before campus course the campus course but yeah it just carries on afterwards and, yeah. and I think what's really good in there is um, because they get to know each other as well and they're in similar boats then if they do they make friendships over the course of campus and then mm. they want to stay in touch so often they will say, oh, are you staying for drop-in after campus or, yeah, yeah things like that. So that works really well mm. um, for them. Yeah. Now, we talk, we've said the word campus a, a number of times yeah. mm. um, without actually really explaining in any detail what happens. So, um, so you have these uh, kids in a group of 10 to 12, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, for seven weeks. And in the middle of there somewhere, there's a residential as well, which I'd love you to just talk a little bit about. Yeah. So two of, two of those sessions we, we leave Youthscape. So normally, instead of school, they come to us, they come to the building. We do two sessions in the morning with them, um, hour-long classroom-style sessions, um, a little bit more relaxed mm. um, in a classroom. And that's where you're tackling some of these topics around identity. and, and Yeah, identity, positive relationships. We spend one session on positive relationships and another session on negative relationships and around like 
like what's good I mean what's good about those things yeah. what's bad about those things we do one of the um, re, uh, one of the exercises we do is like a it's like a bank account so you have you withdraw money and you deposit money this relationship bank account a relationship yeah, bank account it's yeah. good it's yeah. great it's and it's like job, like, um, like um, uh, trust like does that mm. add to a relationship or does it take away from a relationship and getting them to with this list of things just to like mm. Mm. Yeah, think brilliant. about what adds yeah. and takes away mm. um, but yeah we ha- then there's two sessions where we come away from Youthscape. One of them is um, we go to uh, one of our volunteers' houses called Elizabeth, um, and she is she's amazing. She's got this um, amazing huge house um, in the in the countryside in, in Bedford, um, and uh, she invites this sort of like gaggle of young people in. Um, it's a little bit chaotic, like it's so mm. it's so beautiful. These sort of like clash of worlds of mm. this very sort of like well-to-do yeah. woman she's in this, amazing, this yeah. group of like crazy brilliant young people and um, and she teaches them to cook um, we cook a, um, a spaghetti bolognese um, we we lay the table all like proper we mm. um, do some napkin origami um, <laughs> uh, we cook pudding we go for a walk around her sort of property and play garden games and yeah, it's it's so much fun. It's yeah. really nice, and they yeah. they fully embrace it, don't they? they? Yeah, they. It's like one of their favourite days. I think mm. often you hear feedback that that's been the best, mm-hmm. the best day, and I think it is just that getting out of Luton mm. and just experiencing that kind of yeah more quiet chance to do something simple and mm. things that they wouldn't normally have time. A lot of them maybe at home mm. don't get that mm. um, yeah time together, and it is just yeah it's part of cementing the group as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And then you you have this kind of residential element as well where you take them and you sometimes put them in quite difficult high pressure situations and I've seen you head off you know <laughs> Becky you, you know you are you can handle yourself but I think you're also <laughs> someone who enjoys the creature comforts and I've seen you heading yes. off yep. looking very happy about it yep. to an overnight where you were going to go to a forest where yes. there was no shelter actually provided for you and no. there was rain and, survival uh, school that is yeah. called survival yes. school so, so tell us a little bit about what yeah. on earth that feels high risk that is I mean I'm now level 2 qualified survival school are you? Yes, I am. Yes. Like Bear I've been there about four times. Well, okay. so, so the guys who run the guys who run the course, they sort of laugh at Bear Grylls. Like that's how sort of serious things they sort of say that. Oh, he's a bit like fluffy. Like they're they're a bit more like hardcore. They are. Hardcore. That's what they say. You know. Yeah. But it's brilliant. It's so like two days of. Um, so you go there. There's different workshops. They learn how to build shelters. So you've got young people kind of taking bits of wood, piling on leaves. Yeah, mm. and then they have to sleep in them. Um, you literally, we yeah. literally spend sort of a day and a half in in the woods in with the like nothing, yeah. mm. um, and we we start we make our own fires. Where do you go to the toilet? There's a little wood toilet. Yeah, yeah. little spade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. No, they have like a little bi- What's it called? The biodegradable. Yeah, 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 that too. And the, the the story always was that what you did was you took young people who were perhaps at risk of exclusion mm. and possibly prone to violence and the first thing yeah. you did was hand them a knife yeah yes. so, yeah. yeah that's one of the first knife questions. skills yeah knife but, skills yeah but yeah. it's um but they learn how to how to use it properly they learn like knife safety you give them a fork as well the guys are like no mess guys i mean they don't yes. take, i mean oh, yeah. you're straight yeah. out if, yeah so it's i mean they're really, really well, good yeah. they're guys really good yeah and and the young people love it and they find it really challenging but it's kind of one of those like where you really build the deep relationships because mm. you're encouraging them through that you know mm. often they might be actually the ones that are like you know 
oh I can't do it so I'm not going to do it and give up but actually you're there and you're saying no we're going to do it together mm. and yeah it's, it's a brilliant couple of days and then you get back and they've got all these stories they want to mm. talk about and I actually remember one young girl um, going on it really didn't want to go just so like petrified of preparing her meal like we had to pull a pigeon apart and she yeah. really didn't want to do it. She was crying. I was trying to help her. It's a dead pigeon. I didn't really want to do it either. Yeah, yeah. It's, a yeah it's a dead pigeon. We didn't have to okay. kill a pigeon. Already dead. But yeah. we had to prepare it. Um, and she really didn't want to do it. And it was like the worst thing for her. Um, and then she managed to do it with my help. And then when we got back from Compass, I was like, how, you know, from the survival school, how did she find it? You know, and I asked her and she was like oh it's the best time of my life kind of thing mm. and she went she told everyone at drop-in what mm. she'd done and she was talking about it for weeks yeah. she was so proud of herself and yeah. I just for me that was such a moving part of it because I've not seen her ever come out of her shell mm. that much mm. and be that proud of herself and I just thought do you know what mm. that is what it's all about like mm. yeah. that shelter was amazing as well I remember yeah, it being really it? neat and she had a little fence yeah. a little, <laughs> she built a little fence that so came out of like, a little porch and yeah yeah, that was brilliant. Unfortunately, she's now in prison for being an animal oh, serial killer. She got a taste for killing pigeons. <laughs> no. But that's it, though, isn't it? But, but, yeah. um, she did become a vegetarian, I'll just put that after Is that, that really true? Did yeah, she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Good for her, then. Taking that experience. Yeah, yeah, being forced to pull a pigeon apart and do that to someone. Anyway, apologies to any other vegetarians out there. But what's really interesting, I suppose, is that. For all the for things that we're afraid, the risks that we're afraid of young people taking, like mm. online, social media, drugs, alcohol, mm. it means that they often grow up in a world where there's no risk at all, and the only risk available yeah. to them is illegal risk, whereas mm. that is such a risk, like a massive yeah. knife sleeping for a night under shelter, yeah. there's so many more risks mm. around that, yeah. and yet that, when they're in that risk, they really grow, mm. but how much of our youth ministry, I know I've chatted to Richard Langmead at Urban Science about this, how much of our youth ministry is very safely set up? And it, and it kind of means that young people don't do those crazy things that make them go, oh, look at me, actually, I can cope with this. Yeah. I remember running a self-esteem programme with Jemima, who's also from our team, and we used to take the girls down to this amazing, like, um, sort of climbing wall area. And again, on the train on the way down, they'd be like, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. And these girls are all massively bullied. On the mm-hmm. way back, having conquered that wall, they were like, they would literally hold themselves stronger. Mm-hmm. Like, I've conquered mm-hmm. that wall. Yeah. And it's, it's just amazing what physicality, mm-hmm. what physical risk does to young people, isn't it? Yeah. So where I'd love to um, to bring us into land, oh lovely land, the evangelical vernacular, just circling, um, uh, is to talk about aspirations. Mm. So I was mm. saying to you before we started recording that uh, another youth worker, Lucy Greenland, who um, is an absolutely brilliant youth worker at Youthscape, uh, she um, uh, once talked about how she worked with a group of young people who had never, at the age of 16, left their postcode. Mm. And their postcode only covered half of a small town. Mm. And I've spoke to another youth worker who was a youth worker in Fitzrovia in London, which is a really uh, wealthy area, but there are little hidden Mm. pockets Mm. of poverty poverty, there. And the young people there, again, reached 15, 16, and never left Fitzrovia. You're right in the centre of London, and you've never left your postcode. And, And so... So there are young people who have a real poverty of aspiration, even if they're not in themselves mm. in economical mm. food poverty. And, uh, and I just wonder what we can do um, when we're working with those young people to raise aspiration. Like what are the principles behind mm. raising aspirations? How do you help a young person who feels like their world is impe- impossibly mm. small and can't get any bigger mm. and that, that looks at you know, the rest of us and thinks, well, I could never do that, I could never travel. I could never dream of a big job, all that sort of stuff. How do you help them to start to think, oh no, I can? Yeah. I think survival school is quite a good one for that because um, um, 
a lot of the young people, their their worlds are quite small in their minds because because um, uh, so so we had one 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 young young lad who uh, just like like played games like constantly like mm-hmm. sat in his room like all day and for him I think he's well even though he's playing online and mm-hmm. you know there's with mm-hmm. like other people online his his actual world is is quite small world, just sitting yeah, yeah, yeah in front of his his computer and I think um, and going away on retreat and coming like pulling him sort of off that and yeah. and sticking him in a, in the forest where he has to you know <laughs> quote unquote survive um i think for him it was just like really beneficial because mm. um so and and with the the shelter building i think that was good because he 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 had to do he was told to do something and i think normally with young people in school they struggle because they're told to do do something but they don't they can't see like um there's no reward for it like i've got to learn this algebra but when in life am i ever going to use this algebra like he, he, his task was to build a shelter and if he didn't build a shelter then he'll be sleeping under the stars like he can he, he's given a task and he knows exactly mm. like what he like can he, can see, yeah. he can see yeah see the purpose and I yeah. think for him that was just absolutely like key and crucial for like his learning yeah, yeah. because he could he could he was told what to do but uh, but he could also see like the finish yeah. line as well and and maybe now he'll always have in his memory that he he sees himself in a different yeah, yeah. place. Yeah. So if he can see himself there, maybe he can see himself somewhere else as well and somewhere mm. else. And I think you're yeah. right, you suddenly open up one door yeah. and the possibility yeah. of many doors open, mm. don't they? Yeah. yeah, and I was going to say the other thing we do is we do a story of the day. At the beginning of each uh, day, we do tell a story about someone inspirational. So we do like Malala Yousafzai and we do... Desmond Doss, the guy Desmond from... Doss. Um, Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge, thank you. Yes, and... Right, can you do Rachel yeah. Gardner as well? <laughs> Famous survival story. She did write an anonymous <laughs> letter to you. Yeah, asking yeah, for that. Yeah, it's funny. I sent yeah. it by a pigeon, but the pigeon yeah. got dead for some reason. <laughs> 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 but, oh my gosh, it's brilliant, because they, they do um, interact with that, and there's this kind of feeling that some of them, they really do have aspirations they have dreams of where they want to get to but it's almost like yes their world hasn't given them the chance to kind of Mm. dream bigger Mm. or to see a way to get there or a route kind of yeah to get there and we're almost providing them with this space to to dream to think um we do goal setting you know in five years if nothing changes where are you going to be in five years if something does change where are you going to be in 10 years you know same thing and they get to have you know it's a space for them to think and for us to be like they you know cheering them on and being like yes yeah. you you know you're so talented you're so gifted and spotting each of their individual gifts and just cheering them on through that mm. and i think they love it because of that because they just they feel valued and they're seen for who they are and they're not you know in school yes teachers are brilliant you know and they do they do want what's best for them but it's just a different environment you know they might shout at them they might get annoyed with them because they're trying mm. to manage the whole class but here we've got 10 young people we can really focus on you know one-to-one time with them as well small group time residentials you've mm. just got so much more kind of um intentional time with them that i think you yeah. can really build some hope and some aspiration yeah for them mm. guys brilliant you you do amazing work yes, and we do. see like 
young people change because yeah, because we have to work in this building yeah. so we you know we're like oh <laughs> it's the first day of compass let's take a different entrance yeah <laughs> you know and then by week seven you're just like wow you know these guys are really different and they're much more chill and then we have seen lots of them yes, come, come through, into yeah, our yeah. our drop-in work all that stuff so well and then done. end up in a bible study at lambeth palace with justin welby so i think it's what's really interesting is it the moment you begin young people on this journey of life could look different and actually that does open up young people to the mm. thought that faith they faith could be for me suddenly mm. if that's a possibility what else is a possibility yeah. and that's what's so yeah. beautiful yeah. isn't it i think the missional work which is this is integral in its own right but yes. it's also an option for this young person to kind of go on a journey in other ways too so yes. it's beautiful yeah. brilliant and in fact actually justin our our patron he said something really beautiful didn't he about about young people we've got it there on the he phone. did he said every time we see evidence of a young person being transformed we see Jesus. That's so true. That's it. Mm. Exactly. So every it. time we see a young person transformed. Be your, your motto. Your you have that <laughs> emblazoned on your on your shirt somewhere. You, Rachel, were you were you ever in trouble at school? I was, but only for really hilarious things because I was at Mallory Towers. Let's all remember that. Oh. So I did. I was in trouble at school because I thought it'd be hilarious, me and my friend, to go around every class and say to every class um, that 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 the uh, matron wanted to do a knit check. <laughs> So the entire school wow. was queued up outside the school nurses' wow. rooms. Wow, that's a good gang. Did, yeah, did you get detention? Yep, right? yep. Did you? The other one was, I think I did end up, I climbed a tree and my friend went back because it was a massive woods where our school was and I couldn't get down to the tree <laughs> for the afternoon. I got into so much trouble. And I was like, this is so unfair. I'm stuck. Like, I couldn't get down. This is so funny. Did you get detention for that? Yep. Do you know my first detention? Uh, I didn't have many at school. I feel like there was a thing where they wanted to give everyone in year seven. Well, it wasn't year it's seven. Like it's like the way you. Let's be honest. It wasn't called year seven. It was called first form. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, and and I think they wanted to give everyone a detention at some point, mm. and they had to find a tenuous reason. The thing was, I was just too nice. Like I was good. I was a good little boy. And so at the end of my first form, um, they uh, a teacher called Mr. Dryden. You'll notice I've not forgotten the name, and I know where he lives. Just so you know. <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, Mr. Dryden. No, I don't know. Where uh, he's probably dead. Mr. Dryden gave me a detention for not using two hands when typing on the computer. Oh my goodness. Computer studies. Oh, like, what a petty, mm. ridiculous thing. If, if he is still alive, I want to find him and give him a piece of my mind. Except, like. I'm still angry about go, it. Maybe, I'm still angry. Maybe he was noticing that all the other kids, like Martin's such a goody goody, and he just thought, if I slam Duncan for something, he, he kind of. Get some of the cool kids. I got bullied for the next two years after that. Oh, there we go. So that didn't work. Well, maybe it came from a good place. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, that is so cool. We Should we do the shout-out? Yeah, let's do some shout-outs. Not a shout-out for Mr. Dryden. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Mitchell. Yes. Claire Wallace. Paul Window. Beth Stout. It's always quite terrifying when Martin does the shout-outs. I like, like you. It's like a roll call, isn't it? It's like, if they're listening, they might have like just fallen asleep and suddenly their name has been shouted out. You are good people, I'm sure. We love you. You do awesome youth ministry, awesome youth work. Yes. So, that thus ended... You've forgotten the Patreon again. I always forget the Patreon. I struggle to ask for money, um, apart from people I know will give money. But anyway, I, we'd like to say to you all that this podcast is free and it always will be free. But... 
If you like what you hear and you want to support us, we would love it if you could give us a dollar a month, which works out at 79 pence. On the current is, rate of exchange. Which is super cheap. And I, at this point, try and work out in my tiny brain how many Freddos that means you can buy and stuff like that. And it always disastrous. Now, for about one. About one Freddo. These days. Yeah, I know. Or you can sponsor us. And you can go to Patreon. Dot org no, forward slash. No, Rachel, you <laughs> literally can't do it. It's the right. simplest piece Patreon. of information in the world. Dot co. No! Oh! Not dot co! Just let me do it. Okay? Patreon.com. Okay. Slash youthscape. Patreon.com slash youthscape. And the thing is. Yes, what? This is a really good week to talk about it because. What? The money that we take from does Patreon it? does not go to pay for us to do a coffee run at the start no, of the day. No, no, no. It actually pays for Matt and Becky yes. and, and the direct work we do with yes, young people. That's, that's where the money from the Patreon goes. Yeah. So if you want to support our direct work with young people here in Luton, which we share and develop resources for nationally, then um, please do yeah. subscribe. If you like that's the great. podcast, that's brilliant. Uh, then become a patron. That's brilliant. That was all, that's so all we these, need to say. So if these it. guys lose their job because they may run out of money, they can legitimately look to us and say, you guys are such a bad job You messed the up podcast. the plug. Mm-hmm. You yeah. messed up the plug. Some other organisation who has patreon.org is getting all the money. Rachel's like, no, she's not shaking her head. Doesn't it's, it's not a thing. thing. It's not a thing. Not a thing, Becky and Matt. Just thought we'd do that. So thank you so much, guys, and enjoy the rest of your day. And please tune in next week when I will try and memorise. Goodbye.